0: It's time. Time to musk up. First develop, first develop. That doesn't make sense. Well, you know anything about computers? We must be cautious. James and Chris. The keyboard cowboys. Welcome to Salted Bites. This is why we do it, man. Yeah. This is why we do it. Yeah, fair enough. I've got a great one saved up. When, they, when the kids are teens and they actually want, they want a lion this is where my revenge starts for all of the lions that I've had broken for all the sleepless nights this is where the revenge starts I love my children I just I need to do this so when they're trying to have a lion it's like 9 o'clock or something and then maybe 8.30 I'm going to just burst in like knock 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 burst in like uh, wake up wake up and they'll say oh, whoa whoa it's okay it's Saturday you can go back to
1: sleep and then just shut the door See, I thought you said lion, like, err, not a lion. What? I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? A lion? Why would they ask for a lion? <laughs> what, a lion bar? <laughs> and then, then I got it. <laughs> there it is. Um, and we're back. <laughs> um, we're
0: back. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to Salted Bites. When James, he, he's back, continually destroying my attempts, feeble attempts at comedy.
1: Thank you, James. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Anyway, we're back after. On that note, yeah. After hiatus, we had a a, a lot going on. We apologise. We did. We did.
0: Well, we we don't really apologise that much. No. I mean, we were we a mini hiatus for good reasons. I think it's important. We're going to talk a little bit on a little bit of a retrospective on twenty nineteen shortly, but I guess the the reason for a little mini hiatus there was that well
1: partly because you had a lot of. New information to be taking in in your new role. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, so not long after we recorded the last episode, uh, I did that meetup. And uh, off the back of that meetup, I was asked to uh, come and interview for a new company. And uh, I felt it was the right time to do so. And so I went through the gruelling interview process and uh, landed a new job. So I've been trying to take, in, take it all in. And having worked in a company for five years, you forget how much there is to learn when you start a new job. So mm. it's, been, it's
0: been pretty full on. And that's, that will you know, stand us in good stead to uh, follow up, I guess, or to kick off 2020 with our main topic, which is going to be um, new beginnings, starting a new job. Tips, pitfalls to watch out for, and James and I will give our perspectives on this because, well, we both started new roles last year in twenty nineteen, which we did not see coming when we were
1: no. <laughs> uh, laying out our, <laughs> laying out our goals for the year, right? Not at all. Blimey, yeah, that, yeah, that definitely was not on the cards. Definitely not. But I guess.
0: What, what about twenty nineteen then, James? We're we we're, <laughs> we're a day into the new a new year, twenty nineteen. What do you? How did it? How did it go for you, son? How did it go?
1: It was it was good. It was I don't know. My my ten things I wanted to learn in twenty nineteen was a bit of a joke. It turns out. Um, <laughs> Chris sitting there tapping his fingers together. Reveling in the fact that I probably didn't do two of them, let alone ten, um, <laughs> but I learned a lot about learning off the back Ooh, of that. So I
0: like what you're doing there. You're going meta. Yeah, I love it.
1: Yeah. yeah, so granted, I didn't. I probably didn't learn. I probably didn't do two of the ten, um, but my interests and what i need to learn at the time change throughout the year so I'm not, i mean i'm not kicking myself uh, i definitely i'm scaling back the what i what i want to learn this year um, and yeah i i mean it was pretty i think 2019 was pretty great i got myself a new job yeah it's been pretty awesome how about yourself yeah
0: 2019 was weird I, i'm going to i call it my i call it a transformative year and the reason i Call it that, is that often when you change from one state of being to another or something changes, there's always like a cost involved in in change, Mm. right? Yeah. Uh, Whether that's an overhead. um, I mean, just just to give an example there, like if you migrate your code base from ES5 to TypeScript or something.
1: Yeah, that's quite a migration. Yeah, as yeah, it, a
0: cost, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. About a million, about a million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> is, that your, is that your quote for anyone listening who's, yeah. who's got exactly this situation? <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, yeah, there is a, a non-zero amount of extra effort in order to just get back to this sort of similar state you're in, even if, even if things are updated. I guess what I'm trying to say is that for me, uh, 2019 was full of, like, loads of non-work related big mm. events you know mo- moving to Spain being like huge you know yeah definitely a bit of Spanish there for you <laughs> um, nice I'm glad you're uh, <laughs> glad you're learning yes yeah, so that, that
1: could mean any you could just be saying words I would have no idea I'm just reading them off
0: Google Translate. Google Translate is my salted pick for 2019. I mean, that I you know uh, my phone has got my most you know visited websites, and Google Translate is just right at the top and is not budging. Nice, so good. Um, Yeah, I think 2019 was a very transformative year because I'm. uh, I set out my goals for the year, uh, which were you know serverless, continuous delivery, web typography, PWAs. Remote working and finding balance, mm. and I think I've done everything except web typography. I think I'm, I've I've done five out of six in 2019, which I'm really happy about. That's pretty goddamn great. So like serverless, I'm using in day to day, you know, day to day tasks now. I typically, if uh, in my role as CTO of Landmark, I typically am asked for um, novel sort of functionality to help us deliver campaigns for music artists and things like that. So, um, I, you know, I'm asked to deliver a very specific piece of functionality that wouldn't make sense to include in our core code base. Mm. So I uh, do a, a cheeky little serverless serverless app to take care of that for me. Uh, nice. And then I can, you know, include that functionality in, in a campaign by simply Making the campaign go and request whatever's you know that the 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 serverless endpoint is doing, mm. and um, oh I love it! I love developing like this with lots of different microservices doing little things, doing one thing, doing that one thing well, and not kind of polluting the rest of the 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 core core code base. And that's great. So serverless, definitely happy I've achieved that. Continuous uh, integration, yep, I'm definitely doing a shit ton of that. Um, the, the 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 method of deploying my uh, the, uh, the 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 landmark CMS and the the campaigns that we do is all uh, continuous integration, all nice. baked in, which is great. Uh, PWAs in terms of keeping a hand on the future, uh, keeping a handle on the future of them, I definitely want to do an episode this year where we talk about all of the exciting stuff that that's coming on the PWA train. Okay, uh, stuff like yeah, there's there's so there's so much that came out of uh, the Google uh, Dev Summit. Ooh, Sorry, do... Chrome Dev Summit um, back in November. Super, really super interested about that. Shit. Yeah, so very keen to do an episode on that in the future. And the last two were kind of softer ones, you know, habits, you know, highly effective habits of remote working. Mm. Well, I've been doing it for a year now, so I'd like to think I've got some insight into, <laughs> into uh, uh, what to do, what not to do. So, for example... Uh, A highly effective habit of remote working is logging your time, making sure that's very granular, making sure it's very clear what you're spending your time on. Mm -hmm. And a highly unaffected habit (laughs) of remote working is deciding that on a Friday that you can't be bothered and you just, you know, sit on your PS4 for the entire afternoon. So that's (laughs) not a highly effective habit. I would would hasten to add that that hasn't actually happened, but my (laughs) God... It's it's a tough it's a tough thing
1: to resist. Yeah. when I was working remote, I had just discovered a TV show called Fringe. It's fucking terrible. It's got Pacey from uh, Dawson's Creek. It's all about fringe science, and uh, the sound awful. yeah, it was really bad, but <laughs> it was it was quite interesting to watch. And all I wanted to do when I was meant to be working was sit on the sofa and watch Fringe, uh, and it took every ounce of my. Uh, my willpower to not watch it, so I watched it. <laughs> Boom! You just succumbed, didn't you? But yeah.
0: that, I think that's an important thing to to recognise: is that I think remote working versus having to sit in a particular office in a particular desk, people, you, you're not productive one hundred percent of the time. No, absolutely, nobody not. is. Like absolutely nobody is. And I would even even all of those people that you follow on Instagram. They're not, you know, that is not, that is, that is their, what you see of, of other people, that's their highlight reel. They, they don't show you the times where they're not doing, you know, all of the, the, the shiny stuff, right? Exactly. And so I think it's important to recognize that, you know, as a human being, you do occasionally need to let your brain do something that's not work in order to make you more effective at.
1: Yeah. And like the stuff we do, it takes a lot of brain power and... It's just, I just don't think it's feasible to expect eight hours of you to sit there and bang out eight hours of code. Like it's just impossible. I love
0: the, what the, from the seventies when programs were literally paid in lines of code. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, this is in, you know, the, the early days of, early days of software development, but mm. because this is such, this was such a new field. That's crazy. The, the people holding the purse strings were like, well, how, <laughs> how am I going to, how can I how, tell how do this? we? Yeah, what, what, what is, you know, what's the remun- remuneration we're offering here? Well, hang on, this person's written, you know, 10,000 lines of code. This person's written 2,000. Hmm, 10,000 is more than 2,000. This person's done more work. Whereas, yeah. as we both know, yeah. that's not necessarily the case because, the, you know, the 2,000... Line code uh, expression could probably be, you know, it's probably far more efficient or better or whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, I love that people, the, the people used to be paid in lines of code because savvy programmers were just like, oh, okay, well, let's <laughs> see, then. I'm going to put every single part of this, <laughs> of this, this, uh, you know, this thing on a different line just to pad my pad my total. That's hilarious. That's amazing. It is pretty funny. So, yeah, I guess 202019 retrospective is that I'm I'm really happy with where I am now and and what I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of exciting stuff. And there's a lot more exciting stuff coming up in the future. And yeah, I'm looking forward to doing more more salted bites. Should we talk about what's, you know, what we've got planned for salted bites or should we leave that till? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. So now we're back and better than ever. James and I have been talking about what we can do with uh, salted bites in 2020. And we'd very much like to um, Oh, this horrible phrase from Masterchef. I watched the final last night, taking it to another level. Nice. I hate that phrase. Yeah, it's really bad. What have we got planned for you for salted bites in 2020? Well, firstly, you can expect salted bites to actually be more bite-sized for want of a better phrase. we uh, James and I are going to be trying, to, uh, trying out a new schedule for recording the program. We're going to be looking at slightly shorter episodes and trying to come at you twice a month. And nice. We'll see how that goes because we are both very busy uh, people with families, jobs and all the rest of it. But we are going to try
1: our best to bring you more fantastic content from the world of tech. Yes, indeed. I'm also going to be trying to write two posts a month. Uh, I had a, had a nice stint of writing, um, and then due to having to prepare for job interviews and new job, all well, that kind of fell by the wayside. So uh, I'm pretty keen to get that going again. So fingers crossed, two posts a month uh, on a variety of interesting topics.
0: Excellent stuff. Good, good, good. So we will also be lining up um, off the back of our last uh, episode uh, on. Uh, which where we had uh, Hannah Smith uh, come on um, to talk about a variety of things, including WordCamp and uh, the Bristol WordCamp that she ran, and also the environmental impact of the internet. Um, James and I, I mean, we, we thought that was a fantastic episode, basically, ah, right? So James? good, I mean, yeah,
1: it was so good, one of the best. Um,
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, Hannah was fantastic, and um, so based on you know our reaction to that episode, we're going to be um, trying to get more guests of you know, Hannah's caliber onto the show. I mean, (laughs) I might be tough because Hannah was fantastic, but we definitely think that's a really nice addition uh, to mix up with the show. We've had a few guests on. We had uh, Lucien, we had uh, Michael Carruthers and uh, Hannah. So I think three out of the 10 episodes we recorded last year, that's pretty good going to be. definitely. But I really do, I think, uh, you know, we will definitely be doing episodes where we bring in more uh, special guests to give some extra perspectives onto the show. For sure is Coming at you live and with Big
1: Tech Energy. The Salted Bites News Blitz. Do you want to take the university one?
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, I love this so much. So, <laughs> okay. You, you know, anybody who listened to more than one more than one of these uh, episodes has probably realized that what we do is we basically just read the register and pick out the funniest <laughs> stories for this section. And I'm kind of fine with owning that, so there we go. But this is great. Das reboot. University forces 38,000 students and staff to queue and show their papers for a password reset following a cyber attack. That's crazy. So 30 are uh, just 38,000 people. So the university had a security incident and they needed to reset everyone's password. Now, okay, so far so good. All right, that's fine. That's fine, right? Resetting passwords. Aha, but the plot thickens. <laughs> Students had to line up to get their new password <laughs> given to them on a piece of paper after their identity was verified. So you're, you queue up, oh and you prove who you are, and you get your password on a piece of paper. Holy mother of God. That God. is something else. 38000 people and there's a there's a frankly fantastic photo of people queuing out of the door of the university to do this. Um, if you look closely, I can see even though the photo is low resolution and it was taken from about 75 metres away, you can you can feel the tangible air of exasperation <laughs> permeating from the queue. Um, I, I think it's one of the greatest photos ever taken. That's crazy. Just from the context alone. Um, so it was basically, there was a malware outbreak and spread through the university's internal networks. And um, <laughs> there's more, uh, not only does, you know, has this password reset have to, had to be <laughs> instated, in but um, the school says in addition to resetting all passwords, it will have to scan and clean all faculty machines. And to that end, the school is distributing USB sticks and asking that they use those drives to scan and clean the machines. What? Once that scan is done, the school say that its IT staff will do a second scan with a tool purpose-built to detect that malware. Once all of this has been done, they will get a green sticker saying that they are ready for use again. Holy shit. I mean, you know, a university, how many faculty computers must there be? This is a monumental undertaking, not counting the hilarity of thirty-eight thousand pieces of yeah, paper with on. passwords being printed out. Um, you know, notwithstanding that, but then giving people USB drives to reboot their machines—I mean, actually, that's that, that's great practice. I mean, I'm not i am not dissing that as a mechanism. Mm. It just seems to add to the hilarity of of this news item, to be perfectly honest.
1: Craziness. That's craziness.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess though, what what else do you do? I mean. If, cuz if there's been a breach and somebody you know in theory has access to the to, yeah yeah uh, i don't know i mean close the that you you have to you shut down the network surely yeah exactly i mean i think the the main issue is that most people can't check their emails to receive the password update because there's no secondary email there that's the kind of that's the reason for this
1: if, and so if they close down I, I, the surely if they close down the email servers wipe them and then restart them, then they'll, everyone will have their same email addresses, but they'll be on fresh, un, unadulterated
0: servers. Mm, possibly. But I, you know, I, I would have loved you to have been in that meeting, James, where they basically <laughs> arrived at this solution. Now, do you know what we could do? The simplest way to resolve this, says the German version of Greg Wallace, <laughs> the simplest way to resolve this will, um, and yeah, print out all the passwords 30,
1: 38,000 of them. Jesus. I
0: love it. Anyway, boom, that's our first salted bites news blitz item. Oh, man. I mean, it could be a who's been hacked unto itself. Yeah. But my my God. Love it. Cool.
1: So, uh, piece of news number two. The state of JS results are in. Have you ever done this survey? Yeah, I did. I didn't actually do this
0: year's because... Um, yeah i just absolutely plain forgot i'm really yeah, i'm really yeah. sorry sasha um I, I i forgot um yeah this is the survey done every year by uh sasha grief whose surname i still can't pronounce no. it, and rafael benite What is sasha grief what else
1: does he do what isn't it it's the sort of guy who does everything basically
0: yeah yeah he uh, was erstwhile meteor developer and then that's the so one. Did he do in, Vulcan? In a, in a, is he Vulcan? In a fit yeah, that's it. In a in a fit of rage he made a Vulcan, which is uh, like Meteor on steroids, basically. No, I say in a fit of rage. I mean Vulcan is great, but it's even more opinionated than um
1: Than Meteor. Than Meteor, which is saying something. <laughs> saying this is coming from Mr Mr. Meteor. Captain Meteor. Nice, I like it.
0: Yeah, I might change. I um, might change my handle on all of my uh, <laughs> Please social networks. So, Captain, you know, Captain Meteor. Um, cool. I mean, the, the biggest finding is well, Svelte. Everyone loves Svelte. Yeah, I've
1: I've heard heard about it. I don't really know what it's what it does. I've heard it's really good though. I've heard lots of people like people I really respect saying, if I was going to build something new, I would build it in Hmm.
0: It, to me, it felt like far more accessible. It felt more sort of Meteor... No, no, that's wrong. Meteor-esque. Meteor-esque in its accessibility, but so lightweight. Really? Yeah, like just disgustingly... And the reason it's um, more lightweight than Meteor is because Meteor is obviously a full-stack framework, whereas Svelte is really more about your kind of granular UI components. Mm. So effectively, you would choose um, choose this over React or... It's one of those funny technologies. that's really mostly about how you build and bundle and organize your user interfaces. So it's really a front end, uh, front end solution here. But you are you are considering it alongside React, Vue, uh, Vue Angular, Preact, Ember. Yeah,
1: that kind of thing. Ember. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah no. I've heard really good things about it. Uh, I. I still really love React, uh, to be honest. I don't think I'll, I will have a look at it unless my job calls for it, to be honest. So, um, yeah. Also, Angular. Angular is on the downturn. Yeah, that's again that's another
0: big headline from, um, if you flash back even just three years, Angular was not winning by any stretch of the imagination, but the community was super vocal yeah. about. Almost in the face of React's um, dominance, effectively. Angular was, you know, still being very strongly shouted about. But Angular's but base, syntax stinks. I don't, yeah, I don't get on with it. And I think partly that's because of the experience I had. I think, was it Ionic that was using... Yeah, that Angular really, that really it was stinks. Using? I just did not get on with that. It felt very alien to... To me, at a time when I was looking for kind of something a lot more straightforward. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad solution. I think it's just happened to, you know, regardless of my opinion about it, it does have some very very um, vocal fans, and so there must be something good about it. But I have not yet found it. No, I did
1: see on the in the Twitter sphere. I can't believe you just said Twitter sphere. Yeah, you did. She could kick me in the nuts. Um, <laughs> about there being the differentiation between Angular and Angular JS, and Angular JS being an older version of Angular, and that they were voted differently, and that whether that I can't kind of, whether the argument was that they that was confusing, or whether there shouldn't be the differentiation, um, but people were fucking having a shit show, an absolute shit show about it,
0: which is interesting. That's one. Yeah, that's one thing I don't. I think that. Developer communities need to chill the, chill fuck, the fuck out. Fuck
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> and someone, um, someone put a, yeah. like, put a link to um, to the survey on GitHub, and there was a, yeah. someone was basically calling out Sasha, saying, "Like, what the fuck are you doing?" And, and he <laughs> gave back the most sarcastic response, no. just oh, shut, brilliant. just shut down, and then that was that. But people were just losing their fucking shit about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is with this. This survey, I guess, is it's 20-odd thousand people, right? 20-odd mm. uh, thousand 20, 20, developers. I mean, the sort of person that would be interested in taking a survey on, you know, like, you know, people like me, people like you. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, even though the sample size isn't necessarily hmm. massive, I think it's worth paying attention to for anyone who is, well, actually, to be honest, anyone. Because like me, I mean, being bewildered at the amount of different combinations of, frameworks Mm. and uh, middleware and javascript flavors it's it's mind-boggling at times and to have something to
1: point in the right way gives you a
0: temperature reading yeah on on, yeah on what you should be learning i think is i think is invaluable and you know the way that this is all presented as well the state of js it's pretty um, sweet isn't it report is really nice and i think it's worth paying attention to if you are If you're a web developer, I think you need to take a look at it, Um, absolutely. Because even if you then go, oh, fine, I'm an Angular developer and I don't agree with it. Fine, you know, fine, good, be, you know, take your own path. Yeah. I think you need to be aware of trends in the industry because this is your, you know, this is your career. And it's worth paying attention to everything surrounding your career and the different tools and frameworks that are popping up because, you know, I got to a stage that despite my best efforts to try and ignore that React existed (laughs) (laughs) lo
1: and behold, here I am writing it. So it's Oh (laughs) How sweet is that. Yeah. Although all those years years ago you fucking ribbing me for learning React. Yes (laughs) I did. Yes,
0: yes, yes. All right, you bastard. Ah, James having the last laugh.
1: Indeed. Yeah, so Excellent. I mean, check it out. It's definitely worth yeah. a read. Um, if you if you're kind of in the know within within this industry, the results probably aren't going to be that uh, shocking. Um, but it's definitely oh no. it's definitely so worth a worth a read. Definitely. Yeah. What I was disappointed by though is that mm. Vim was not in top choices for text editors. What the fuck is that about?
0: I think that's um, absolutely perfectly fine, James. I mean, just the, you know, you
1: being a masochist shouldn't
0: have <laughs> any bearing on, uh, on the results here.
1: Three people out of six in my bay at work use Vim.
0: Really? Yeah. That is very interesting. Yeah,
1: that's it though. So that's three people. Join some sort of cult? Is that what you're saying? Three people in the whole office. <laughs> they just happened to oh, see they just happened oh, I yeah. just happened to sit in my bay of six <laughs> sorry i I've forgotten that
0: the team that you have joined is like significantly bigger than than grad yes so, sorry i was I was thinking it was it was like, like no obviously no um yeah your new role is at um at candide Candide yes Thank you. social network for gardeners that is awesome and that but it's it's more than that though you're doing some frankly. Disgusting looking stuff. I mean, awesome looking stuff with uh, machine learning and stuff, which yeah. is probably going to be something we'll have to talk about at some point this year.
1: Definitely, that is uh, that's that of the of all the things I'm going to be concentrating on this year. Uh, machine learning is top of the list. It's a uh, it's a big push this year for uh, for Candide, um, mm. and we so we already have th- two or three dedicated data scientists that work across our four teams. Um, but they're looking to increase that number, and really, really push the uh, machine learning side of the application. Mm. So it's super interesting. Nice, nice, interesting, awesome. Yeah, I look forward to talking about that
0: for, for sure. Right. Yes. Okay, James. Let us first. Uh, let us now talk about our main, our main subject for this episode: new beginnings. New beginnings. So we both started new roles last year and as we've already mentioned now there's a whole there's a whole lot of stuff we could talk about like um, you know interviewing and uh, developer salaries and stuff like that those I think are subjects best suited either for their own show or possibly a different um, you know uh, under a different heading I think I think very specifically what we can talk about in this episode is you've started your new job right so the (laughs) the interview is done they, the whiteboarding is over. <coughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, you've had your, you've had your farewell drinks and you step into your new workplace on your first day. You know, what, what what the hell do you do? Now, of course, you can find about 6 million blog posts on, oh, what do you do when you're starting a new job? And a lot of them very fairly, fairly good advice, you know, fairly common sense advice. But let's also focus on specifically what you can do as a developer and a new developer role. Yeah. What are the things you should do? Get a computer. And now I'm throwing this over to you, James, because you
1: right. <laughs> you've literally just started a new job, so uh, I'm expecting you to have great answers. for Yeah. All this. Well, I mean, everybody's <laughs> different. So I just I just rocked up on my first day, um, and I, I mean I was desperate to get get cracking. Um, so obviously you have the the first few days of HR stuff, which. It's fine. It's got to be done, but it's it's not it's not what you signed up for, is it? You're not you know oh, they no. filling out paperwork about how to carry a box and how to sit at your desk. Um, oh man! I would say
0: so. You did like the whole um, DSI
1: or whatever. it's Yeah, the, had to, um, had to run through DSI uh, health checks, and uh, we have standing desks at work. Oh, they're fucking amazing. Ooh, so you had yeah, to be okay. shown had to be shown how to use your standing desk and. Um, sh- Sorry, that's
0: really funny. Um, I mean, uh, basically, you just
1: stand. That's
0: <laughs> kind, of, kind of it, really. Yeah. I don't like, don't know why they don't know why they booked a meeting room <laughs> for this for three hours, but yeah, I mean, you just sort of stand. Um, yes,
1: yeah, so you got to do all that HR stuff, but it turns out the HR stuff is quite important because it means you get paid, um, all that's that, all that stuff. And that's fine. You, you kind of get to know people in the office that you wouldn't do if you just walked in as a developer so you get to know the people mm. who are in accounts and the people who are doing HR and the, the office manager and that's I mean that's as important as getting to know your team because if you're if you're moving into a company that is considerably bigger I mean Candide is 50 50 roughly 50 members of staff all really? in the same wow. office uh, well Crikey. mostly in the same office it's distributed as well there's people in South Africa people in the US uh, but the, oh, the main hub is in Bristol Um, Mm. so doing all that what could be seem could seem as boring stuff means you get to meet other people in the office that you might not get to meet straight away Um, one thing that they they can do which is really nice is you have random coffees there's a random coffee channel and every Monday it generates a pairing of different people in the office and you go for a random coffee with that person nice which is really cool it means you get to to meet other people Um, so yeah get your laptop I was given a new MacBook Pro, which is pretty pretty awesome. Swimming and mm-hmm. swimming and MacBook Pros now. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, just but the the whole getting set up. This is like getting
0: set up, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that this phase takes so
1: long. Like, yeah, it's a surprise. Like having been in a job, if you're in a job for more than six months, you forget how long it takes up takes getting all your logins, getting mm. set up on all the different, yeah. different services that the new company uses, getting the new code base set up takes days. Like, yeah, definitely. Um, it's quite a daunting prospect. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the
0: most humbling experiences. Very that much you so. Can go through because you could know, you could be at the top of your field and be, you know, be the absolute shit. And, as soon as the walls, not walls, but as soon as the support that you've built around yourself to make yourself good at doing it in a certain way, as soon as those are removed, yeah. you find yourself almost thinking, oh my God, was, was this all a sham? Yeah. <laughs> did, I, did I, you know, yeah. and you're, you're there in a situation and somebody will, will say something to you. Let's say you're, you're getting set up and let's say, for example, your lead, a lead developer is sitting with you. And saying right, so we're getting you know getting you set up on the code base here. Um, could you run this command or something? Yeah. you like, Ham like, why, why would they do that? And what does that do? Yeah. And then they'll say, oh, it's pretty straightforward. It just does bootstraps this and does this. And you're like, oh, okay, i I'm just, just, I've just been doing this for ten years. <laughs> and you know, but there'll be a, a hum, my point being um, there'll be a humbling moment, and yeah. you think, okay, I. I I am less the shit that I thought that was. Yeah, <laughs> I was, Billy, kind of thing. Billy
1: Big Balls shrinks. <laughs>
0: um, well, yeah, I, I was about <laughs> to say you put that a lot
1: better than I did, but I'm <laughs> not entirely sure. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, Candy did it really well that they had a couple of um, back-end... specific Sponsored. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, a couple of back-end specific and front-end specific tasks that get you to do a pretty menial... Uh, job but they span across multiple repos so that means yeah. that it, show, it gets you set up and uh, lets you That's walk good. through some That's like really the good. main things that you're going to be doing on a day to day basis so like writing a new, uh, new GraphQL endpoint and then writing mm. the reducers so that it then hits the database and, and whatnot so that, that was it was good but it doesn't mean that it's uh, it's easy and as as, oh, you, nice. as you said it I mean this is nothing like uh there's nothing more humbling than walking into an office of engineers who've been working on a project for even a week longer than you have because they know infinitely more than you do that's it exactly that and so one way of
0: navigating this is and i think what you need to do is when you're starting a new a new job is kind of need to suck it up a bit if you're not if you're not usually the sort of person who will gregariously you know bounce into the room kind of walk up to the first person you say uh, sorry see and say hi i'm i'm chris i'm new here who the fuck are you and (laughs) really take that conversation yourself if you're not the sort of person who does that and i'm i'm not no not me but part of part of my job is needing to do that and i do it because it's part of my job and i'm i am good at it but it doesn't mean i necessarily enjoy it all of the time it's 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 emotionally exhausting, you know, to mm. to be mixing through, you know, lots of different people. All right, who are you? What do you do? Okay, I'm going to take that information in and remember it for when we talk next. So it's it's a lot to you know, it's a lot of mental uh, mental load there. So what you you kind of need to suck it up and do a bit of that because it will pay dividends later when you're. You know, when you need help or when you need to achieve something, and you don't, you feel like you don't know the
1: answer, but you might know. Yeah. You can ask. Uh, well, big tip is just write everything down, whether mm. it seems simple or you think you can remember it. I one hundred percent guarantee you will not remember it. Oh no! And every time you ask somebody a question, write it down, because mm. then you don't have to ask that same question a second time. Because <laughs> if you start asking, Cruci- if you start yeah. asking the same questions more than once. People are happy to answer answer the first time, but after the fifth time of answering the same question, people start getting a bit upset. Well, upset is strong. Well, no,
0: there's a respect here, isn't yeah. it? You are um respecting that people are that the company you've joined wants you to be the most effective you can be. Yeah. And you are respecting the help that you're being offered by taking that help on board Indeed. and owning it. And yeah, I think you've got it exactly right there. You need to Find people that you can go to to mentor you to offer you assistance, but you don't want to exploit them as simply yeah. repositories of information <laughs> that you can call in at any given point
1: because you know that they have the answer, but you haven't bothered to record it yeah, yourself. Exactly. Um, big thing that shot, really shocked me was the transition from agency to product. Oh, so I've, yes, I've never I've never done this before. So I've always worked in an agency. Um, yeah. So moving to a product um was a huge transition for me uh, and the way that everything is managed is just it's just completely different like the lack of context switching f- is incredible like on a product in my interview I was talking about uh like how things are running like they were saying that things that people are in teams and like oh it's really different sometimes you have to you might have to switch uh, every week and I'm like bitch please <laughs> I switch three times a day um, so, like, yeah, the yeah. mental strain at the moment seems to be greatly reduced because you're not con- context-switching all the time. Um, but, that yeah, that's pretty great. And the way things are done is is always so different. We use Git in a trunk-based fashion rather than branches. So everything's straight onto master. Oh. That takes a lot of getting used to when you're used to doing yeah. Git flow. So everything is wow, onto master, is and then quick. it's continuous uh, continuous deployment and uh, integration. So
0: that is quite different. I think Git Flow was something that started at Gravity well around when I started. Mm. I'm not saying I started it.
1: No, you you I'm may saying, have done. Okay, um, fine. I did. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to be, uh, yeah, be be that guy. But I think <laughs> we, but we we went all in on it because previously. So what was it before? No, that's not true. I think we were, no, no, I think we were doing a semblance of it. Mm. But I suggested that why don't we just go ahead and go all in because at the very least we will know what, because it helps with context switching. Yeah. And you're able to jump onto a different repo and go, ah, okay, right. This is more or less what I should be doing. Yeah. Right. But yeah, so that is quite baked in now. That's what five, as you said, five, six, no, four five years. Yeah worth worth of doing that way. That must have been
1: really really tough. It's still I. I if I'm perfectly honest it's still the thing I'm finding the most difficult mm. um, it's just a completely different mindset like everything like working on a branch based uh, ethos you can be a little bit more sloppy um, you don't have like your your commits don't have to be atomic and you don't have to you can go about things in an order that isn't necessarily going to affect everything else, um, but if you're working, you're working on a trunk-based ethos, and you're working across multiple repos, the the order in which stuff is deployed and pushed up and executed really matters because people will be pulling this code down every like every day, um, yeah. So yeah. it's yeah that's that's the one thing. I wouldn't say I'm struggling with, but it's been the biggest context, It's the biggest switch and the, the thing I've had to think about mo- the most.
0: Uh, I don't think you can prepare for it really as well. Like, no. There's no... No, you
1: know, I mean...
0: There's no... I mean, okay, fine. We're we're sitting here on a podcast and saying, yeah, we can prepare you for this somewhat. No, I think what we're saying is you need to be... You need to prepare prepare yourself to not understand everything and, to, and for it to take a long time yeah. to feel like you're actually contributing...
1: Um, quality or just just con- just, failure, just just contributing. contributing. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to start working on something and get stuff pushed pushed to pro- uh, production within the first two weeks of me being at work. Um, that's really good. It's really important to do that
0: to <laughs> break the seal. Yeah. And, exactly.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I just like just feel like you're adding value because yeah. Until that point, you are kind of like. It's it's you you're feel taking like, more than you're giving, right? Yeah, um, uh, but it, like, still, every day is still hard. Like navigating through a code base that is so unfamiliar and is mm. is massive. Uh, really, Even code styles, right? um, <coughs> yeah.
0: The really, really low level stuff. Like, oh, I usually do it like this, and now I have to do it like this. The little things that you're when you're reading a um, reading through a file. Um, your brain automatically kind of settles into patterns to do with the way that you're used to seeing code appear, right? And if you do, if you see something that doesn't fit that pattern, you've trained your brain to think that's a bug. Well, that's, yeah. that shouldn't be like that. <coughs> <laughs> so you take yeah. that same brain and you put it <laughs> in front of someone else's code base.
1: It's, um, and your brain's going wrong, 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 yeah. wrong. Just small wrong, things. Wrong. So yeah. Candide have... Dangling dangling commas um, at the end of.
0: Yeah, right. When are you leaving?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they also, there's no semicolons.
0: Yeah, that fucked me up in my <laughs> you know, contract idea completely. I just, I did not like yeah, that I really. I don't know why. There's no reason I shouldn't like no,
1: it. No, I mean, it's not something I have to think weird, about because it? Prettier takes a, just does it automatically, but I'll automatically oh, no, just yeah. take away, um, I'll automatically put it in a semicolon um, without even thinking about it. Uh, and yeah. then things like no spaces in braces, like doing it in an import, if you're doing like a named import, mm-hmm. no, spaces no spaces in, in braces. Yeah. Uh, yeah shit, I don't like that. Shit like that. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a style that works for them and it, it now works for me, but it's still, it's okay. quite jarring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really weird. Um, isn't not it? Isn't it funny though, that we get baked
0: into these sort of patterns and habits, right? It's really, it's really funny that you look, you look at, no spaces and braces, and we, both of us are just like, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 <laughs> fuck that shit. Yeah. But there's no reason, there's no, as long as it's consistent. Yeah, exactly. And you're not just undoing and redoing the same change every now. And again. As long as it's consistent, it's fine. The, the, the compiler and the browser and everything is like, I don't care. Yeah. And it doesn't even, it's probably spat out in a different minified format anyway. So it really is just for human readability yeah but that's so important
1: yeah and, and one thing that can seem to do since it's set up very well is all the pre-commit hooks and the pre-push hooks um, yeah, there's a, a, pl- a plethora of those that run through all your linting make sure that um, your GraphQL schemas haven't changed unless they should have unless they're meant to have changed uh, yeah. checking your commit messages start with capital letter and aren't too long and not don't contain whip and all this stuff and we'll just reject the push or reject the commit if Jesus. Um, but it means so that everybody's commits are uniform. Um, it means you're not pushing whip commits and yeah. Well wow,
0: you shouldn't be doing that shit. No. <laughs> um,
1: but well, people do yeah. if you if if you're able to, people do. I did it all the time at Gravity Rail. Oh fucking hell. Um, Yeah.
0: I've got, I've, I, yeah, I I used to, but then I I really, I really took, tried to take steps to, um, to not do that. I think, anyway, that's, that's a whole show on I guess. (laughs) Yeah. But I think zooming out for a second on, uh, we'll zoom straight back into the text so shortly, but I think a lot of, a lot of what we're talking about is symptomatic of getting up to speed with, uh, with the new environment. And I think part of, uh, one thing you can do to help, to help make that experience less painful, and even if it does take a long time, maybe to shorten that time, you know, maybe that will make you feel good. Um, one thing that you can really do is make sure that, in a very general sense, the your the expectations of you, so the company's mm. expectations of you, that they're clear, and that you're given specific goals yeah. with you know time frames that aren't sort of set in stone do this by then or you're fired no not that you know reasonably elastic time frames to allow for this these these kind of oh no we need to set you up with this with IT and that takes 5 days you know that that yeah. shit yeah yeah i think if you if you make sure and you drive really hard for these i mean the company should onboard you like Candide have done with you you know really it sounds really well well achieved yeah but think, I think making sure that you know what your the, the expectations of you are, and you've got some specific tasks like in your case, do those two, you know, small, reasonably trivial issues. But doesn't doesn't matter. The point is the act of doing them exactly.
1: And the first, so I think
0: if you if you do those, sorry, no, I think if you do those, then I think onboarding can be made a lot less painful. Definitely, because you at least think, well, okay, it took me an extra three days to get this set up. But on the other hand, my I understood the expectation was I just need to be set up within three months. Yeah, yeah. something very you know, silly like that. Sorry, go on, mate. Uh, I
1: was going to say just say the 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 first few tickets that I was given as well, um, mm. were very specific, but also were like a very thin slice of the whole stack. So I was going Ooh. front to back, um, but in a very very specific area, which was really good because it meant I got to. To do everything from the app side all the way through GraphQL API, through to the hmm. the, the back end and then database, doing database migrations like it was it was great.
0: Okay, nice. So you felt like you could own thematically one part of the system, yeah. Sort sort of, yeah. Rather than being spread across again thematically, lots of different areas where you couldn't necessarily connect a sort of story together. Yeah. That's cool. See, yeah, Candide seemed to have made onboarding you like a priority, like it's had, and I mean that in the sense that thought thought goes into onboarding their developers. Yes, definitely. And it seems to be executed with you know re, you know sensitivity and
1: and a plan. Mm. That
0: that that must sound that must feel really good.
1: Yeah, definitely. It makes you uh, realize that you've made the right right decision because when you first start a new job. You're, like you're leaving your comfort zone and going somewhere that's completely alien. And if it, if it isn't smooth, you're like, fuck, I've made a huge, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah. Um, so if it goes smooth, you'd like it, it, make, it eases the, those worries.
0: One symptom of that I, I always find is, as somebody who's had more jobs than I can count, is that to ease your transition, mm. you start bringing artifacts of the past with you. And you you come to a new environment, and you think, "Oh, we had a really good solution for <coughs> in my previous role." and where you see that solution not being fulfilled in your new role, you say, "Oh you've got an, this, this issue we're having with X in my last job yeah <laughs> we did this um, and that, that that's the first form that this suggestion takes that the next form, the Pokemon evolution of, of this form <laughs> is I really think we should do things this way. Mm. And that's you saying, well, I, I I have this experience, you know, Please, because and I, this often comes up when you feel the need to say, come on, you hired me for a reason, you know, you, you hired me for my skills and experience. I've got stuff to offer. Yeah. I don't understand what anybody in this meeting is saying because these are all new things to me and I don't know who this company is or why we're talking about them. But... <laughs> I've got something to offer and it's this mm. so that's the second evolution you you want to be helpful the third evolution the final form <laughs> of this is oh my god why don't you use this why why do you not use this um, this uh, library yeah. or this framework or this testing thing because it's so good why aren't you using it here why 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 and it's almost then a little bit confrontational yeah so you've got the, I think there's a three like <laughs> okay. a uh, I love this Pokemon thing I'm running with here like <laughs> you know there's there's three the three stages of of um, like bringing old stuff with you to a new to a new environment the, th- the big thing i want to to raise here is use this very sparingly like there may be a billion and one reasons why your new uh, workplace doesn't do things a certain way exactly and trying to transplant stuff from your old role into your new role just to make you for, for any of the three reasons that i've just just sort of outlined, trying to do it, it doesn't always end well. You're joining an existing group of people who are all like you used to be, you know, very <laughs> kind of very comfortable in their comfort zones with their support, um, with, their, with their support things all around them. And they feel very comfortable in that. And if you are kind of landing slap bang in the, mi- slap bang in the middle of a group saying, you need to change the way you do this thing. That's a very difficult conversation to have. Sometimes yeah. it can be quite antagonistic.
1: Don't rock the boat. Don't rock the boat. Love it. How about you, though? What what sort of tips are you bringing from your uh, new role? Because your 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 role is quite different to mine, isn't it? Yeah, like I, I do. I mean,
0: I do all the coding, <laughs> but but like, I I do. I've also got nobody sitting over me. Which is like with great power comes great responsibility, kind of thing. Yeah, um, I would be a better developer if I did have somebody sitting over me. Everybody would, I think. Yeah, do you miss? Do so you miss that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Of course, I do. I, I want to learn. I like learning, and I like being. Uh, I was on contracts for a Berlin-based startup a few before I joined uh, Landmark, and the CTO of that company uh, was a fantastic developer Vasily, actually, who's just joined um, GitLab, actually. Oh, nice. I believe. Is it GitLab? Yeah. Um, yeah, he, so he's moved on as well, but the, I learned so much from him. Mm. Like he was an excellent developer, is an excellent developer. And I really grew in that role, made um, a, you know, <laughs> fuck ton of mistakes to begin with. But it was kind of like all of this, just doing things in a different way, sort of. Yeah. So. And so I you know I think I've got better and better and better. So I really learned a lot in that role. So coming into this role um, with Landmark, really leaning on you know both coding and then all of the other stuff that goes alongside it, like writing proposals and specifications and due diligence documentation and platform architectures and you know and you know coming up with crazy little R and D proposals and stuff like that. I love all of that stuff too. It's really it's really re- rewarding and a good counterpoint to. To, uh, to the coding I think I'll come back to what I said earlier expectations are critical yeah. make sure that not only um, from the people managing you from above but also the people maybe that you have people reporting to you you know make sure that expectations are absolutely crystal clear so that um, I do a thing every week where I kind of email the board and say this is what I'm working on this week in case you didn't know Okay. And the thing is, they do know. But that's kind of not the point. <laughs> it's kind of like, I am setting out my stall and saying, as a CTO this week, I am doing this. Mm. This is what I intend to do. 90% of the time, it never fucking happens because, yes. you know, in, this, you know in, in our industry, all sort, things move all the time, they change all the time. So it very rarely bears any resemblance mm. to what I actually get done but that again is not the point it's about setting out your stall and saying all things being equal i will achieve this there is your ex there is my expectation of how my week's going to go to help you calibrate your expectations of me and to you know almost cascade out to the rest of the business somebody says oh can i get you know can chris look at this for me no he can't because he's busy, busy doing this yeah and it really it really helps set the tone of the conversation and so Uh, A lot of businesses, I guess, do this in their kind of stand-up. Yeah. And have like a daily stand-up or something like that, where you say, okay, I am yet again working on the unit tests for X, Y, or Z, and it becomes a bit of a running joke. Are you still working on that? Yeah, but that's kind of, it's important to do, because a good um, stand-up will say, okay, you've been on that for five days, when you said it would probably take you three days, do you need, it's not you're doing anything bad, but do you need help? Do you need, is there a way we can do something? It's a way of spotting issues before they manifest as delays or problems in production later on, that kind of thing yeah, nice That's my my big tip is, yeah, it's expectations with a capital capital fucking E and just be really clear and, you know, even if nobody cares (laughs) what you're working on, in in the nicest possible way Mm. you may be working on something so specific that anybody who's not working right next to you doesn't know or doesn't really appreciate it, and that's, that's kind of fine It doesn't have to be all singing all dancing all of the time. But I think if only for yourself to know that you're clearly communicating with the rest of the business about your efficacy and your performance and what you're working on. I think that's, it's just a beneficial thing to do generally.
1: Yeah. That's my my main tip. Nice. That's pretty great. I think, I think we've covered, I think we've covered, covered it. I
0: think we do. The last one I'll throw in there as a cheeky reminder is go to every single social event that happens. I, you, might, you might not enjoy them, but do it. Because even if you then decline them later on, at least you'll get to know people yeah. in a non-work setting. It really, really helps. Yeah. Uh, it may be, this may be obvious. This is the number one thing that blog posts and stuff around this subject. They all say this kind of stuff. But do you know what? It's, it's true do it go go to that after work drink even if you don't want to even if you're tired and your brain's full of forms from HR that you need to get back to them in triplicate you know go to the after work drinks even if it's not usually your thing because it makes an impression people notice you might strike up a conversation with somebody that you wouldn't otherwise have done and it's really valuable stuff it's all about people at the end of the day it really is really is
1: exactly nice nice that was a nice round-off as well.
0: It was. I've been practicing.
1: So, my favourite bit of the bit of the show. Oh,
0: here it comes. Picks. Here it comes. Hey, oh, do you know what I didn't do? I didn't sound... I didn't get that clip of you going, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, which I really need to do. I promise for the
1: next show I'll have that. Nice. On a soundboard. Yeah, dun, on a soundboard dun. that I've promised for
0: dun. years. There <laughs> it is again. So, James, for our salted picks... Yes. Um, I've got our, you know, planned show notes in front of me, and you've just written the word cock.
1: <laughs> I know it's literally the best thing ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I do not get comedy like this anywhere else. Or do you? So James, tell us why 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 um, y- this is the best. This is the best
1: thing. This is the best cock. Yeah. So might have been the last episode of the episode before I was talking about having ditched Vim um, for VS Code because the TypeScript uh, support was just so much better than VS Code I'm back Go on. I'm back I'm back in Vim I'm back in Vim full time so he's, back. he's drinking the Kool-Aid he's shooting the yeah shooting it up his veins exactly so I I read about this thing called cock <laughs>
0: <laughs> which we're just a bunch of 15 year old people. Yeah,
1: which stands intense. for the Conqueror of Completion. So they used to, there's a, a plugin for Vim called You Complete Me and it was a bit rubbish. It didn't really work that well. TypeScript support was pretty poor. Um and so somebody with the dawn of NeoVim, so NeoVim is a complete rewrite of original Vim, um, yes. so that you have asyncras- asyncrasy built in and it's just much nicer to extend. So mm. this Conqueror of Completion is, uh, is has basically taken the engine, the completion engine from VS Code and written it into Vim. Oh, wow. So then you have all these add-ons that you can then add to Cock. That allows you just that gives you the fun the similar functionality to VS Code. So, we now I now have the TypeScript language ser- server from VS Code in Vim. And so that was the only oh. thing that I was missing from Vim was the TypeScript support. And now it's it's incredible it's exactly the same. If you put them side by side, you have you get the same the same output the same documentation. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible. But then people have also added loads and loads of other support, like uh, Git extensions and all sorts, which just, it just gets revolutionized my uh, my uh, Vim setup. So when I heard about this, I completely, I started completely from scratch, completely empty uh, Vim RC or init.vim for uh, NeoVim and just built it up to how I want it. And it is, it's perfect now. It's <laughs> amazing. It yeah That's
0: really cool. I'm 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 kind of pleased as well that you've managed. You've gone back to to, to Vim. That was your, that was kind of that was that was Jim Jim Best right Yeah. There. Jim Best uses Vim, and you know you jumping on the VS Code train. It was kind of like this inevitability. Yeah. Like the heat, like the heat death of the universe. Everybody ends up on, you know,
1: the <laughs> yeah. same thing. But you know, so I'm, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And back yeah, boat. it's it's really really great. Uh, so are you going to be writing any any extensions for cock? Uh, I don't know, but they're all written in TypeScript. <laughs> so I mean, it's, sorry, I just got that. It's kind of asking for uh, for any extensions to be written, um, but I am going to be writing uh, some of the blog posts i to be writing will be about cock. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: god! It's the thing is, it's really it's really juvenile, but I don't care. No,
1: but every time I look at it, I giggle it's really bad yeah. um, so oh. that's my first pick is cock and all its extensions uh, and my second pick is you've got to check out my dot files god they're so sexy now this is like
0: classic James in show notes where he puts puts these things in and then just doesn't link to anything
1: but I'm uh, sorry uh, just goes to my github um, just go to my github come on that should be on that should be on bookmark um, yeah I've I've just been doing loads, with, like adding loads to my uh, obviously my Vim configuration, my tmux configuration is all completely new, um, and AWS also and- my I've been adding loads of uh, zsh functions. So now I've got amazing autocomplete complete with with using fzf and ripgrep. So ripgrep is a rewrite of grep in Rust, and it's fucking crazy fast. Um, and FZS is like a fuzzy finder, so the, the hmm. those two com- those two combined just make it's just it's just awesome. Jesus, there's a lot of um, there's a lot here, man. This is pretty extensive. Yeah, and if what's morning routine? Um, one, so that was like a CLI script that would set up all my dev environment and create a journal a journal entry in Vimwiki. Uh, oh, nice. But it's not what I use anymore. Uh, but if you check in the ZSH folder, mm-hmm. um, these are like these ZSH functions. Yeah. So there's like, so BIP is like a brew wrapper that will bring up. A wrapper for brew? Yeah, mm-hmm. so a wrapper for brew install. So then it gives you a ZSH window, which gives you search functionality of all brew packages. Oh, Okay, that's nice. Um, and... Tree is really cool. Uh, no, was it TL? So this will yep. give you a, a tree view of the, your local folder just by doing TL. Okay, um, nice. Tmuxify, basically every time uh, I open a terminal window, it will put me into either an existing t- uh, Tmux session or create a new one. Tmux is a multiplexer mm. for terminals. It's fucking amazing. If you use terminal a lot, get on the Tmux train
0: yeah
1: that is pretty nice can uh, you yeah okay and okay. on our, the, the uh, there's something called TMSL that works really really well with Tmux um, that basically allows you to uh, create Tmux windows um, and then save them so then you can just do TMSL and then the name and it will bring up uh, your predefined window uh, predefined layout run a lot of commands in each of the windows so like I'll have one for a specific part of the back end so I'll just do Temosil uh, team back end and I'll open up a window split the window into five different sections run my unit tests put me into Vim start the server uh, run Docker PS like it's fucking amazing nice uh, Yeah.
0: That's, so yeah making sure that the tasks you repeat all the time you can do in a scripted deterministic format nice yeah, yeah that's really cool so there yeah very very
1: nice there are picks
0: excellent And good, good. Some nice picks. My salted pick for this episode is JavaScript TV. We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, I was struggling to find like a good collection of kind of more in depth kind of uh, talks on different aspects of things like like WebAssembly that I am only just beginning to look at, Mm. but you really gain a lot from these kind of high-level overviews that typically might be given at, say, conferences and stuff that record them and put them online. Um, Instead of going to each individual conference to find out what was going on, there's a really nice... um, Yeah, JavaScript TV kind of aggregates these talks by framework or type or whatever. So you'll find some on CSS, you'll find some machine learning and stuff like that. So it's... um, Yeah, it's not like the most in-depth resource I've ever seen but just because I was looking at looking for some specific talks on WebAssembly um, this was uh, you know I, f- I found this and I was like okay well here's three talks that at the very least will get me going and give me a lot of inspiration for taking that you know subsequent journey Great. down to, to different different facets of the technology right. so yeah do give it a shout as I, I hope it kind of grows into, into a bigger into a bigger thing because mm. it's kind of it's only got a few things on there at the minute but I really like this is one of the best things about the web um, curation of content. Yeah, definitely. To be able to cut through the nonsense and kind of say, look, here are some good quality talks, uh, in this case, anyway, on a variety of topics, and boom, there you go. I really like that concept. And, you know, trying to find this stuff on YouTube, for example, is really interesting. YouTube is such a behemoth yeah. now that you're kind of wading through. A lot of either poor quality content or content that just kind of um, is more about positioning than it is about the transference of knowledge and stuff like yeah. that. And going to each like individual conference website is just interminable at times. So I like stuff like this. And this is uh,
1: this is my pick for this episode. Today. That the so looking at the WebAssembly videos, that lady Lynn Clark, her content's yeah. incredible. Oh, you've met have you mentioned her before? Yeah, she does like cartoons on on loads of different topics. Yeah, she's she's really good. I first nice. knew her from Drupal. Drupal days when I first was learning right. Drupal. Um, yeah, she's amazing. Excellent. Good stuff. Okay, well, that is my pick. Very goddamn cool. Thank you very much. Well then, guys. That's it for today. Thank you very much. And we will catch you in a fortnight. Fingers crossed. We will definitely stay tuned for... Lots
0: more exciting content from James and I coming into 2020. We hope to see you again soon. Take it
1: easy. Bye. Remember, you can find articles, videos, and our latest podcasts at saltedbites.rocks.